Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. Wednesday, December 20th, Ian Cameron with you, ready to break down the Wednesday NHL card, a mini three-game slate on tap uh, tonight. Um, we almost didn't have a show today, believe it or not, because uh, we've been dealing with a little bit of an internet outage here uh, at the residence for the last, I would say, hour and a half, and uh, it just came back literally five minutes ago. So we almost had the unthinkable, and that's a, a No Ice Guys show on a day with NHL games, which I don't think has ever happened in the history of the show. And if it has happened over the last six years we've done this show, maybe it's happened once. So we avoided a near disaster. Uh, here the, the the internet came back just in the nick of time and as a result we've got the show here we go a little later than normal but we are here we're ready to break down the wednesday card uh, here on this edition of the uh, ice guys so very much uh, looking forward to it uh, as far as tuesday's card let's get into that first obviously it was a huge tuesday slate by the way alex will be back on friday i just want to point that out alex is fine he's just taking some time to spend with family his mom back home in Chicago getting settled back in. Uh, he will be back on Friday. So he'll be uh, off today, off tomorrow. And I have a guest tomorrow. So that's why he's off tomorrow. I said, you know, Alex, take Thursday off. We've got a guest coming in. We've got Matt Robinson joining us. Uh, uh, big time stars fan. Still playing pro hockey, minor pro hockey in te uh, from Texas. I'm that, cool. It's going to be fun to have him on the show because, you know, it's fun to be able to talk to people that are love the sport and in his case, played the sport that grew up and uh, lived in a non-traditional hockey market. So that's going to be a lot of fun. No question. Having to talk to uh, Matt Robinson on the uh, show uh, tomorrow. But as far as uh, yesterday's games, the Tuesday slate, um, we'll start with just, you know, credit to the Minnesota Wild. It was a back-to-back uh, -back on the road for them. Had a tough loss the night before against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and obviously, uh, we ended up seeing the uh, Wild come back uh, uh, and uh, take the lead 3-2. Bruins tied it uh, in the uh, final minute, which I was happy about. We had a piece of the uh, draw in that Wild Bruins game. But Minnesota uh, was able to uh, pull it out 4-3 uh, in overtime. So uh, we'll see uh, how they build on that. But tough loss for the Bruins. And you know, this has been a little bit of a rough stretch for them. And last night, falling short, even though when you look at uh, who they were getting back in that game, um, you know, they've got Charlie McAvoy back in the lineup last night, which was good to see. Um, but still, not enough to beat the uh, Minnesota Wild as the uh, Wild get it done uh, by a score of 4-3 last night. A solid victory for them. Probably rock bottom for the Buffalo Sabres. An unspeakable loss, really. Unthinkable. Un just, just despicable, disgusting, hideous whatever you want to call it, to lose to anyone on your home ice 9-4, for it to be the Columbus Blue Jackets, who aren't even that great, who are probably not even going to be a playoff team themselves, to roll into the below there and just absolutely dummy you like that. It's just absolutely atrocious by the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Horrendous loss. The Vultures are circling on Don Granado, and I'm telling you what, um, I'd be worried if I were him. I'm not saying he's going to be out anytime soon in the next few days or anything, or even a week, but this shit continues. There might be a change. And it's pretty shocking because people were singing the praises of Don Granado middle of last year when this team was on the precipice of battling for a playoff spot. And to see that, you know, a year they were expected to take a step forward to not only contend for a playoff spot, but make one when in fact they've pretty much taken not just a step, but a couple steps, a couple of gigantic steps backward. Um, it's rather shock shocking. Uh, and it's um, unfortunate. Uh, everything was bad last night. It wasn't Devin Levi's best game, obviously. Uh, he had a rough night, but at the same point in time, they hung him out to dry with just a dreadful defensive game in front of him. Um, and, um, you know, they eventually woke up a little bit in the third period, but too little too late. Um, just a disaster last night for the Buffalo Sabres. The uh, reporters were very, very were asking some really tough, hard questions that needed to be asked, you know, uh, about, you know, whether this team, you know, is still confident whether this team still believes they can make something of the season, uh, you know, asking them why they aren't playing team defense at any sort of respectable level right now, asking are they still 
believing in Don Granado's message. I mean, they, uh, credit to the media because those aren't easy games to talk to the uh, players after a game like that. Uh, and, you know, credit to um, them to, for asking those tough questions. So Buffalo is one of those teams that their next game, which happens to be a game where they always seem to play good in this game when the Toronto Maple Leafs roll into town. But Toronto goes to Buffalo tomorrow night. It'll be interesting to see what kind of response we get from the uh, Sabres in that game, but uh, clearly unacceptable, uh, absolute debacle for them last night against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, horrendous loss. The, and that's why I stayed off Buffalo. I said, I can't lay minus 190 with this team, and they proved me right. So, but And we actually went 2-0 and in that game. So we made the right calls in that game. We went with, the, with both teams to score in the first period, and we obviously had over 6.5, um, which would have been – which was my second choice, by the way, to be the best bet on the show yesterday. But I went with something else to my stupidity, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, we've got Carolina, a 6-3 to three win over Vegas uh, last night. Uh, solid win for the Hurricanes. Very, very good. Great response. Beat a very good Vegas. It was not a good night for Vegas defensively, about as bad as I've seen them play, and not a very good performance either from uh, Logan Thompson. And to be honest with you, Logan Thompson's been average at best, you know, since he's been back. Um, he hasn't been great. He hasn't had those he hasn't really had that one great spectacular performance. He's had some decent performances and then he's had a lot of you know not so good performances. So, you know, that's concerning. This is a guy they put a lot of stock in, a lot of faith in and um you know, he already lost his starting job to Aiden Hill and Aiden Hill of course is out at the moment for Vegas. He needs to step up and seize this opportunity Logan Thompson and he's not doing a good enough job of that uh right now. Uh so 6-3 Carolina as they get the job done against uh, Vegas. Uh, last night. Uh, great result for me in this next game. Philly and New Jersey. We took the Flyers. I couldn't believe the Flyers were getting plus 150. The, the betting markets and odds makers still think Philadelphia is hot garbage when that couldn't be further from the truth. The team works their bag off every fucking night. Uh, they always try hard. Uh, they work. Their work ethic is off the charts. Um, they're getting more offensive production than I think a lot of people thought. Uh, and you saw it again last night. Two goals from Ryan Paling. I mean, that tells you all you need to know. What a brilliant, brilliant play in overtime to win it by Owen Tippett. Uh, OT and OT was the call by the great Jim Jackson on the uh, Flyers television broadcast. Uh, what an absolutely great goal that was uh, by Owen Tippett, uh, stealing the puck from Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is the uh, goat, and I'm not talking about the good kind of goat. I'm talking about the bad kind. He was the goat on that overtime goal. Uh, for New Jersey, Owen Tippett picks his pocket and roofs it for the game winner. Three, two Flyers uh, in overtime uh, in that one. So the Flyers cash, we hit the draw uh, in that game. I know Alex was on the uh, Flyers and Devils draw as well. So great result there uh, for me last night with that game. Flyers getting the win. Very impressive. And, uh, you know, Flyers don't seem to be going anywhere. Like we're waiting for them to fall apart. We're waiting for them to, you know, remember that they're the Flyers. They are alone in second right now uh, in the Metropolitan Division. And if you look at the current standings in the entire, <laughs> excuse me, in the entire Eastern Conference, two teams have more points right now than the Philadelphia Flyers, the Rangers and the Bruins. So overall in the conference, Philadelphia is third right now in the Eastern Conference. So it's been just a terrific stretch of hockey uh, for them. Um, and the longer it goes on, the wonder, the longer you think, well, maybe they're not going to fall apart. And they've now put themselves in a spot where I wouldn't say they're safe in the playoffs. They're not because there's still a lot of season left, but they could go on a, in a slump and still be in a playoff spot with what the what with the um in, with the uh, points they've already put in the bank now that they're up to a 39. So that's a good thing for them. Um, the Drew Bannister undefeated record for the St. Louis Blues. Crashes down to a screeching halt last night. They lose the first game with the uh, new interim head coach as the uh, Lightning just hand it to them. Six to one. It was a dominant performance uh, from the Tampa Bay Lightning last night. Uh, just all around the better team in all facets. Offense, defense, special teams dominated. The goaltending was not even close. Vasilevsky was very good. Bennington, not his best game. So just pillar to post dominant win for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning last night. Uh, the Rangers, 5-2 against the Leafs. This is a weird game. It's a weird game because it was a pretty even hockey game, and the Leafs were just victimized by a bunch of crazy puck bounces and horrendous puck luck. And normally I don't make excuses for a team that loses 5-2 at home, but you know, I would say four of the five Ranger goals, or at least three of the five Ranger goals, were bounces, deflections off a Leaf player, 
uh, crazy carom off the leaf player and into the net on the first goal. I mean, it was just one of those nights the puck was just bouncing against Toronto. Um, but credit to the Rangers. You, they still, when you compare their performance last night to the game at Madison Square Garden last week between the same two teams, or they were much better. Um, and they got a little puck luck, and the Leafs didn't. You know, And that was basically the difference. I don't think they played a horrendous game, Toronto, but they ended up just uh, – Rangers got a little uh, – couple of good bounces to go their way. And uh, the Rangers were a lot better than they were last week, though. So I have no issue with the Rangers winning. We cashed the uh, Rangers money line. We cashed the team total over on the Rangers there. Uh, in that game as well. Uh, the Edmonton Islanders game, that did not go well. Over in the draw, fall short. 3-1 Islanders, they put the clamps down. Looked like the Barry Trotz Islanders for one night. Uh, able to shut down the uh, Oilers after the Oilers got the opening goal of the game very early. Nothing after that from this uh, Edmonton team. And uh, one of the better periods I've seen out of Ilya Sorokin in quite some time. Oilers outshot the Islanders 15-3. to I mean, they had multiple power plays in the third many chances to get back into that game and they couldn't capitalize on any of them so uh, the uh, Islanders with the three to one win uh, in that game they're back in action tonight uh, Vancouver Canucks this is the one I wish I had bet because I thought geez this is now kind of insulting to Vancouver that they're a slight underdog against Nashville Vancouver's the better team I didn't bet it I didn't bet Nashville obviously either but I was thinking you know what this is great value here on this Vancouver team even with Casey to Smith and net uh, I was scared of the way Soros was playing, but not one of Soros's better games, although Vancouver was very good moving the puck, and they were great when they got that lead uh, in the third period. They really shut things down, thought it was a very good road game played by the Canucks. They outshot the Preds 35-28, 5-2 victory. Uh, another great night for Elias Pettersson. He gets two points. Quinn Hughes with two points. Uh, Phil, Ronick, Phil Hironic gets a, a point as well. Um, just a really impressive uh, showing from the uh, Vancouver Canucks at both ends of the ice last night, uh, taking care of business there in that game against uh, Nashville. Uh, Chicago, how about the Blackhawks there? I said Colorado a little bit, not liking what I'm seeing from them on the road. And I thought in this spot, Chicago, with how feisty, how tough they've played on home ice, even in their recent losses, they've been fairly competitive over the weekend. We saw them you know, give Vancouver a very good battle. Um, and that was a um, nice win for Chicago. Great job by Bedard, by the way. He had two assists last night. He was flying all over the ice, made a ton of plays. Uh, absolutely outstanding uh, job by uh, the uh, Blackhawks last night in that 3-2 win. Uh, and look, Devon Taves after that game. Very pointed remarks talking about, you know, some people think they're playing well on this team. They're kidding themselves. I was a little surprised to hear him just really speak from the heart like that and call out some uh, unknown um hurt people in, uh, with, within that team saying they need to be better. So credit to him for stepping up. Uh, L.A. with a 4-1 win against San Jose. It's starting to look like San Jose is going to go into one of these. They're going to lose eight or nine in a row losing streaks again. They had that little uptick. They had that little bump on that road trip where they had those comebacks against the Red Wings and the Islanders, and they beat New Jersey on that road trip. But reality is starting to sink in again that San Jose, while it was a nice little run there for them for a little while, they are still one of the best uh, defensive, uh, one of the worst teams, I should say, in the NHL when it's all said and done. Uh, and they looked like one of the worst teams in the NHL last night. Just dominant, just suffocated by the L.A. King defense. Uh, made life easy, quite honestly, for uh, David Riddick last night uh, in that game. And uh, that's what's going to be something to watch for here with the uh, L.A. Kings moving forward. I mean, 39-16, to 16, they were just dominant. And they've had a few games now like this LA where they have more than doubled the opponent in shots on goal. And they have just completely shut them down. This LA team, man, they're scary. What if Pierre-Luc Dubois gets going too? And Pierre-Luc Dubois, the big acquisition, he's actually been very quiet offensively, you know, and they've still been able to just rack up the W's, play great as a team. Uh, like I said, they made life very easy on David Riddick. He only faced 16 shots last night. Um, and that's the thing to keep in mind. This is actually a team where David Riddick could actually get his career back on track because L.A. is a team that can actually make it very easy on him uh, because they play so well as a team defensively. So good win there for the uh, Kings. They beat San Jose 4-1. And then um, what can you say about um, the debacle that was the Ottawa Senators last night? Um, and shocking because it seems like every team in the league this year has been able to step up win, look extremely strong in that first game after a coaching change. Well, Ottawa did look good for about 20 minutes and a little bit into the second period too, but that was about it. Um, and uh, the Jacques Martin coaching debut, um, Daniel Alfredson, of course, is the assistant 
the new coaching staff, the debut is ruined after the Senators get out to a 3-0 lead, uh, a terrific start. And then once it got to 3-1, they gave up that goal at the end of an Arizona power play. And this team is just mentally as fragile as can be. I mean, the panic set in. They all of a sudden stopped making strong, hard plays with the puck to get the puck moving out of their zone. And it just, you could see it was going to snowball from there. Uh, and the Yotes ended up uh, coming back to win 4-3 last night uh, in that game. Thank goodness. And that's all I have to say. Thank goodness I had the wherewithal to uh, go close to a 50 50 percentage split with first period in the uh, full game on Ottawa last night because I would have lost it if it was if I had put everything on the full game uh, I would have gone nuts uh, with the way that game ended but thankfully minimized the damage because I was on the first period with Ottawa as well which they obviously took that three nothing lead here's what Jacques Martin's got to realize okay he has been a head coach since the mid 90s with the Ottawa Senators mid 90s early 2000s he coached Ottawa then he had uh, coached Florida and Montreal after the 2004 lockout, which wiped out the 2004-2005 season. So he's been coaching a long time. He's one of the old school guys now. You can say that because he's been coaching in, the, in hockey since the late 80s and then as a head coach specifically in the NHL since the mid-90s when he originally coached Ottawa uh, in those days. Here's what we've got to remind Jacques Martin about. Okay, I get it. You're a Jacques Lemaire disciple. You're, you're a guy that coaches a style similar to Jacques Lemaire with the New Jersey Devils and then, of course, later with the Minnesota Wild, where defense is your number one priority. When you get a lead, this is always the way it's been with Jacques Martin. When you get a lead, you park the bus, you sit on it, you park and ride, as I like to say. You park it, and you, dr- you try to ride the game out with the lead by shutting it down, playing defense, getting saves, and just not taking too many risks, not taking too many chances. This is the way he's coached, all right, from the mid-90s, from day one as an NHL. This is what you get with Jacques Martin. When you get a lead, you stop attacking. You stop playing aggressive, and you just protect the net, and you try to protect the lead at all costs. That's what you do. That's what he's done, and he's not changing. He's 70-fucking-one years old. He's not changing. Okay, this is a guy that's been coaching for 30 years. You think he's going to change the way he does things now? 71 years old in 2020, not a chance. No way that's happening. Okay, so unfortunately, you know, the Ottawa Senators kind of have to live with his this style. But here's the message to Jacques Martin right now. When you started coaching in the NHL 2000, in the 90s and the early 2000s, number one, that was a time when obstruction, every hook, that you could hook people and get away with it with no penalties. There was obstruction that was not called, and there was just a lot more difficulty to get speed through the neutral zone and to be able to make plays with the puck with speed and draw those penalties because hooking and holding and any sort of you know obstruction interference that was not called back then the way it's called now, you know, and, and you could get away with that. I mean, you saw some. Go watch the t- the highlights of any NHL game prior to that 2004-2005 season lockout, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about here. You could hook and hold to the cows come home back then. And I'm not just talking about a little dainty little hook that gets called today every time for two minutes. I'm talking about you're hooking a guy for a good four or five seconds before he finally breaks three, free from the from the hook. And it wasn't called back then in those days, pre-lockout in 2004. So the ability to sit on a lead and protect a two, three-goal lead in the third period or in the second period, like Ottawa attempted to do last night, was a lot easier. It was a lot easier because the speed of the game wasn't that great compared to now. They were calling, they were not calling anything back then as far as obstruction and hooking and you name it. And so that style of just parking the bus with a two, three goal lead and defend, 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 you were able to get away with playing that way in the nineties and in the, in the two thousands, you're not able to get away with it. Now you're not. And look at post lockout. All of a sudden they called it obstruction. They eliminated the red line. Uh, so two line pass was no longer uh, uh, something that was called. And all of a sudden the game opens up and that's the way it is right now. The speed of the game's never been greater. The skill of the game top to bottom in this league has never been greater. Um, you have to uh, still maintain, even when you're, uh, look, you have to obviously focus on protecting a lead, yes. But you cannot completely strip away a team's ability to go for 
another goal, a fourth goal, a fifth goal, like in the case with Ottawa last night. You can't just sit back into a preventative shell like that and expect that that's going to work in the year 2023 against these potent teams in a, in a league where no lead is safe anymore. You can't play that way. You've got to at least let your guys attack a little bit, have some level of aggressiveness, try to get a fourth goal. You know, when it was 3 nothing, Ottawa didn't even try to score again. Look at the puck possession late in the second period and then in the third period. Arizona had the damn puck the whole third period. Ottawa couldn't care less about trying to score another goal in that game. You know, they couldn't. And here's the thing, too, with Jacques Martin. You've got to change a little bit in that you cannot just sit back when you've got a three-goal lead to this day and age uh, and expect to always win a game like that. You've got to let the players still try to attack and go for a fourth goal. And the players have to accept that, you know, we we can't just say 3 nothing is enough these days. You don't just... Defend, 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 take no risks, no aggressiveness, no ability to cycle the puck in the offensive zone, uh, and that's the issue. And one more criticism I have with Jacques Martin. That's why now after what I saw last night, I'm a little hesitant on saying this Jacques Martin experiment is going w- to work uh, here in Ottawa because of what I saw last night. He's got to adjust. He's got to realize this ain't 1999 anymore. This ain't 2001. Number one, the rules have changed. It's a lot faster game. It's as damn hard as it's ever been to protect a lead. You have to play for 60 minutes. You have to have your foot on the gas pedal for 60 minutes. And yeah, you could play that way 20 years ago, 25 years ago when you first coached this team and be able to win that way. Can't do it now. Can't do it now. You've got to be able to show some level of aggressiveness and even with a three-goal lead these days or else you're going to pay the price for it. And one more criticism. Look at your defense right now, Jacques. I know you want them to play this shutdown defense and this uh, this inc- incredible wall that you think they can put up in front of their goaltender. Look at your roster right now on the blue line. Does that look like a roster that's capable of playing that level of defensive hockey and protecting leads? Like, Have you been watching this team all year? Do they look like they have a clue about how to protect a lead properly? Really? I mean, what have you got right now? Zub is a marginal, is an okay defenseman. He's not great. He ain't Chris Pronger. He ain't Scott Niedermeyer. Bernard Docker is a big-time prospect that they thought they had in him. He's been bounced around up and down like a fucking yo-yo between the NHL and AHL. You can't count on him. Shabbat's had injuries, and to be honest, I think his defensive play has regressed a little bit. Moves the puck, good skater, get all that, uh, but uh, you know he's regressed defensively. Jake Sanderson, I love the kid. He's playing well, but he's young, and he's playing a lot of minutes. You know, that's still a lot to ask of him. And the rest of the blue line, you know, you can pass on. There's no big-time blue liners right there in terms of being able to shut you down defensively. And I think Jacques Martin doesn't get it yet with that. He thinks he's got Zdeno Chara, Wade Redden, Chris Phillips on that blue line from 20 years ago. That's not happening, okay? There is no Zdeno Chara just coming into his own as a big-time shutdown defenseman on this Ottawa team. There's no Wade Redden on this team. There's no Chris Phillips, who's one of the best shutdown defensemen in Fran- in Ottawa Senators franchise history. Outstanding. Positional, uh, as far as his positioning, he was always on point. He was physical. He laid the body. There's none of these guys on this team. None. Zero. Okay, you don't have a Wade Redden on this team. You don't have a Chris Phillips on this team. You don't have a Zdeno Chara on this team. You've got a fragile, uh, weak bunch as far as defenders, as far as being able to shut other teams down. And I think that's Jacques' mistake, is that if you think you're going to be able to just go up 2 nothing and just sit on that lead with this bunch, good luck. Have fun with that. Because you're going to be stressed like you can't fucking believe if you're going to play that way with this group right now. All right? So that's the thing he's got to... Number one, the rules have changed. You can't just sit on a three-goal lead. And number two... There's no Wade Redden, Chris Phillips, and Zdeno Chara on this team. Not even close as far as being able to shut down another team uh, right now. So I'm fascinated to see how they respond from this. That's a horrendous loss when you're up 3-0 uh, and they uh, lose 4-3 last night to Arizona. They're back in action tomorrow night uh, against the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, not going to be easy because you got Colorado back home after they lost to Chicago last night. So not an easy spot for Ottawa to try to fix their problems right now. Now, I know there's people that said after last night, you know, fade Ottawa the rest of the season, this coaching change isn't going to work. I I don't want to do that just yet. Remember, you've made this coaching change and you fired DJ Smith in the middle of a very long, exhausting West, West Coast road trip. 
it's very difficult to implement immediate change in the middle of a road trip, especially a long one out west like this. I would say give Jacques Martin, give Daniel Alfredson, give this coaching staff, give this team a chance to get through this just, you know, gauntlet of a road trip that they're on right now. Let them get back home to Ottawa. Let them get a few practices under their belt. Let them work through the system. Get it, you know, used to the way Jacques wants them to play. And even though I don't agree with it working in 2023, at least let them have a few practices back home in Ottawa to see, you know, how they cope with learning the system before we just throw them under the bus and say, hey, fade them the rest of the year. And then let's see how they play when they get back home following this road trip. Then if they suck still and they're blowing leads left and right and the defense is miserable again and they can't get a save from, you know, their goaltending like it's been for a lot the last several uh, days and weeks, then it's time to maybe say, you know what, it's just not going to happen for this team this year. But let's at least let them get back home. Let's at least let them, you know, have a few practices get because they're finally going to have some downtime back home. They're going to have a chance to instill the system uh, and, and the structure that Jacques Martin's looking for with this team. And then we'll see how they play after that before we completely say, hey, it's over for the Ottawa Senators. So that's the only thing I will say uh, about them. But um, just not the way they wanted to start uh, the new era last night. That's for sure. All right, let's get into Wednesday's card. Uh, we've got the uh, New York Islanders and the Washington Capitals. Uh, we've got uh, Washington minus 120 home favorites uh, here in this game. The total five and a half uh, across the board. Uh, the Islanders last night victorious against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. It's a back-to-back situation, obviously, uh, for them. Washington with a significant um, rest advantage going into this game. No question about that, but I'm not ready to lay a price with Washington, even with that rest advantage uh, on their side. There's a team that I don't really uh, think fondly of. They've lost two of their last three coming into this matchup. Uh, you look at the, They've actually uh, played the Islanders pretty tough. Uh, four of the last six meetings, Washington has been victorious here uh, against this uh, Islanders team, but it's been kind of a, a road warrior type series. We've seen Washington win in Long Island three straight times, and we've seen the Islanders win in Washington two of the last three uh, times. So uh, the road teams actually had the better of it here in this uh, recent series uh, going into this game. You know, let's give the Islanders credit. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They're finding ways to win games. They've been tight, competitive games. Even last night, 3-1, and it never felt like a, a comfortable 3-1 lead at any point. Edmonton was really pressing in the third period, but they got a really good performance out of uh, Ilya Sorokin. Uh, of course, tonight on the back-to-back, you're going to see Semyon Barlamov in net, most likely, uh, against a team that he's played many years with, Washington. Uh, Darcy Kemper will get the nod for the uh, Capitals here uh, in this game. Uh, no change in the lineup uh, situations. Um, still Milano and Oshie out for Washington. And then you got your big three on the blue line, Mayfield, Pelican, and Pollock, uh, still out for the uh, Islanders. Um, so to me, this is nothing for the side other than we're going back to draw Island. And I know you know, we're going to, and I know there's people that apparently don't appreciate that we're on so many draws. Well, guess what? There's a lot of teams playing a lot of overtime and shootout hockey uh, lately, including this Islanders team. You know, is it my fault that I'm betting draws on a Boston team that's now played what three overtime games in a row? You want me to just turn a blind eye, ignore that. I, I, I don't get the vitriol and the hatred. This has been multiple times that I've had to go to the YouTube comments and I've seen people just criticize me or Alex talking about betting draws. I don't get it. It's absurd. Do you not like plus 350 cash? Do you not like a plus 400 ticket in your pocket? Do you not like that money? Are you stupid? Are you a complete blithering moron? Seriously? To come after us for these draw opinions? I hope you lose your bankroll. I'll honestly, if you think that way. If you don't appreciate, you know, these kind of um, bets, and it's not like we're blind. And don't give me, don't give me this nonsense that we're just taking the draw in every game. That's not true at all either. And you know it. This is a situation here where we're looking at current form. We're looking at series history. If we see it line up, where we've seen close games head to head with the two teams, and we're seeing the two teams in their current form this season playing a lot of close games and multiple overtime or shootout games. Well, we're going to bet the draw, and there's not a fucking thing you can do about it. Anyway. I like the draw here. Uh, Thai Island, uh, Thailanders draw Island uh, here uh, in this game. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty close competitive game. It's also worth noting, too, with Washington, they've got a little bit of an overtime shootout um, t- 
tendency lately. Uh, three of their last six games uh, have gone uh, past uh, regulation uh, here in this uh, uh, Capitals team. Look, yeah, you want to criticize betting the draw. You know, if you bet the draw in the last six Washington games, you've cashed three. That's tons of profit right there. You only need to hit 50 percent. Hell, you only need to hit like 25, 30 percent. If you hit one out of every four draw bets, you're profitable, folks. People can't do simple math anymore. The society and the surplus population is getting dumber. And it's a problem. Yeah, so I like the draw here. Thai Island here, uh, Thailanders in this one. And again, you can get a really good price uh, in uh, this uh, game here with the uh, Capitals and the Islanders. You can tell I've had that bottled up for a while. And and Alex and I were chatting about this last night. We're sick of the we're sick of the um, the backlash about betting the draws, especially when we're hitting so many of them. It's totally ridiculous. It's absurd. So we're not having it anymore. Uh, so we're on the draw. I'm on the draw here, uh, plus three fifty. I do want to point out uh, that. Um, Alex also sent in his one and only play. It's also the draw here with the Islanders uh, and the uh, Capitals, uh, plus 350 uh, here uh, with the uh, Islanders and the Capitals. I also like this over, five and a half. You know, I know last night we finally got an Islanders game to stay under the total, but I don't know if that's going to be something that's going to be a recurring theme necessarily uh, moving forward. Let's keep in mind they gave up. In the uh, Edmonton game last night, the Islanders gave up 31 shots, and they needed Sorokin to be absolutely outstanding uh, on his game. I thought they gave up a, a few really high-danger chances that if Sorokin isn't as good as he was, that game could have easily gotten a 3-2, uh, if not tied. So uh, I think, you know, if, if they're playing with, they were playing with fire a little bit there. Uh, so I do like this uh, over here, and it is worth noting, we actually have seen a 4-3 and three over trend in the last seven meetings here with the uh Islanders and the uh, Capitals uh, going into uh, this game. Um, and let me just uh, let me just take a look, too, at uh, Washington here. And I know Washington has, hasn't always found it easy to uh, find the uh, back of the net necessarily, but I think there's a chance we might see that here. It is worth noting, too, with this uh, Islanders team uh, that their last uh, home game also went uh, over the total and also went to a shootout with uh, the uh, – or actually not – the last home game, the home game before that against Dallas, 5-4 in a shootout. But, yeah, I like the draw here, and I like over 5.5. And, and then for props in this game, look, Simon Holmstrom, I think it was occupancy, I, I, if I'm not mistaken. He actually has been posting on uh, social media on X. His, uh, daily, he's doing a daily, like, bargain bin special kind of play. And I think he had Simon Holmstrom last night in that game against Edmonton. And, of course, he had the outstanding shorthanded goal uh, to make it 3-1. to one. Uh, in that third period. So uh, absolutely, um, you know, a great goal by him. Yeah, he's been, he's been a shorthanded goal uh, dynamo for the Islanders. I think a lot of his goals, he's only he scored nine goals. I think I would say half of them or close to half of them have been shorthanded. He's also scored three of the last four games here for the uh, Islanders. So there's a good uh, value look as far as I'm concerned with him uh, going into uh, this game. Uh, Bo Horvat's playing at a high level. We talked about that. Uh, last going into yesterday, he scores again. So whether it's a goal prop for Horvat, whether it's um, maybe you take a shot with over one and a half points, you know, he continues to be um, playing at a very high level right now for the Islanders. Remember, after having that tough start uh, to the season last year uh, for them. So those would be the props on the Islanders side for Washington. Uh, I'm taking a look at their lineup. Yeah, McMichael's not bad uh, 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 an option here. Uh, quite honestly, uh, it's going to be interesting because it looks like here the uh, Islanders are going to be uh, giving this youngster, um, uh, uh, Ivan, uh, I'm just going to make sure. Yeah, Ivan Miroshnichenko. There we go. Ivan Miroshnichenko is how you say that. That's a mouthful. But Ivan Miroshnichenko, that is a mouthful. Holy shit. Uh, that is a 19-year-old left winger. Uh, he's going to make his NHL debut. He was the 20th overall pick uh, in the 2022 NHL draft. So uh, Ivan Miroshnichenko uh, is going to be making his Washington Capitals debut uh, here tonight uh, in this game. So if you want a sm small flyer on a guy making his debut, he's going to be running on fumes, running on adrenaline. Uh, I'd like to see him, obviously, in a better lineup to be able to make a bigger impact offensively than the third line because it looks like Carberry's got him on the third line with Kuznetsov and LaPierre, Hendricks LaPierre. I don't mind taking a shot. He is, it looks like, going to be on the second power play unit, I should point out. They've got him in on the uh, second power play unit tonight for the 
uh, Washington Capitals uh, as well. So uh, maybe take a shot with his props as well in this game. Uh, yeah, Terry Johnson, good question. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Uh, that's Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Just $10 a month. And yeah, basically you've got Alex's goalie charts, uh, uh, totals, period totals charts, courtesy of our good friend Chris Otto is on that page. Um, the daily betting card every single day. And it's usually posted 15 to 30 minutes before puck drop uh, every day. And the player props as well. Everything uh, is there. Uh, Patreon.com uh, slash Ice Guys, uh, just uh, $10 a month. So there you go. Uh, that's where everything is. And again, in the new year, we're going to be doing bonus videos for Patreon members only, bonus shows, impromptu live betcasts, bonus live betcasts. So that's all coming in the new year. We're going to just be absolutely unleashing a ton of bonus Patreon content for everyone uh, in the new year. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. All right, next game on this Wednesday card, we got Detroit and Winnipeg. Uh, the uh, Winnipeg Jets, uh, minus one, um, yeah, minus 150 here, home favorites uh, in this game. The total six and a half across the board uh, in this one. The uh, Winnipeg Jets trying to bounce back from a overtime loss against the uh, Montreal Canadiens in their last game. Uh, the struggles continue right now for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. It's been a very tough stretch for them, uh, no question. Uh, they enter this game slumping. Uh, they've obviously been missing uh, David Perron. They did get Dylan Larkin back, but didn't help them as they lost 4-3 to uh, Anna. Or I shouldn't say it didn't help them. That it does help them, but it didn't result in a victory to snap the losing streak for them as they fall 4-3 to the Anaheim Ducks. And what's uh, troubling now is also the uh, issues that this team is dealing with as far as goaltending is concerned. Uh, Alex Lyon is out. Billy Husso's on IR. So two of their goalies on their, on their team are out. So it's James Reimer. Probably his net uh, for the foreseeable future until they get one of those two guys back. They just signed Michael Hutchinson in an emergency situation uh, to back up uh, James Reimer until they get Lyon and or uh, Huso back uh, from injury. So tough sledding right now for the uh, Detroit Red Wings dealing with these goaltending injuries. Just one and six, by the way, uh, in their last uh, seven games uh, going into this matchup. Um, we'll see how they fare here against Winnipeg. Uh, the Jets have won two straight against uh, the Red Wings. They won 6-2 last year here in Winnipeg, 4-1 earlier this year in Detroit on October the uh, 26th. Um, and then last year also, though, Detroit won at home 7-5 and a wild one there uh, between these uh, two teams. Um, I'm, I'm definitely leaning over here in this game. I, I don't feel strongly about this one either way, uh, quite honestly. I lean over uh, here between uh, these two teams. Now, this is one I'm not going to be uh, looking at the draw in all likelihood because we just don't have a lot of draw history with these two teams head-to-head. -head. Detroit hasn't really gone to overtime much lately. Now, Winnipeg did in their last game, but you could see Winnipeg maybe wanting to play a lot better here tonight. And I will definitely lean Winnipeg, but not at this price. Don't love it enough. Um, the one thing I do want to point out, though, too, with, uh, with the um, Red Wings, uh, with James Reimer starting, is James Reimer's a Manitoba boy. So, you know, I could see him wanting to play well, but I remember, I think the last time, I remember there was a game last year he played in, against Winnipeg and uh, in Winnipeg, and uh, I think he uh, didn't play great. He gave up three goals. They Yeah, they lost the game uh, four to one. Uh, so, you know, be careful with that uh, line of thinking that, uh, you know, James Reimer playing, you know, in his home province of Manitoba means he's just going to be phenomenal. You know, to be honest with you, that Detroit team is not playing good in front of him, team defensively. Uh, has not been strong lately. We saw the Red Wings give up four to Anaheim, four to St. Four to St. Louis, six to Dallas, five to Ottawa, six to San Jose. Uh, they had a one nothing and a two one game against uh, Carolina. So they were better in those two games, but they've definitely had their issues of uh, keeping the puck out of the net. So uh, I would look probably over six and a half. It has been confirmed. Uh, not a shock here. Uh, that Laurent Brossois will be in net for the uh, Winnipeg Jets here tonight uh, in this game, giving a. Uh, uh, Connor Hellebuck a little bit of a rest in this one. So uh, definitely uh, maybe a small bet on the over. Nothing really other than that as far as side and total. What I do like here in this game as far as props, there are some opportunities here with the uh, prop market. Uh, I would say look toward uh, as long as he stays on the top line. You know, Valeno's not a bad option. You know, it's funny. Um, this team, uh, it's, I think some coincidence, but there's I know there's people making a big deal of the D Detroit record since they got Patrick Kane. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been, uh, 
pretty interesting to see that. I mean, Patrick Kane so far, he hasn't been that bad, to be quite honest with you. He does have four points, one goal, three assists here since he's joined the uh, Detroit Red Wings. He had two assists the other night. I think it's just a happenstance or coincidence. This is, they're not losing, and they're not on this slide uh, of one and uh, six in their last seven games because of Patrick Kane. You know, it's it's, it's the team as a whole right now. Uh, their defenses regressed or their offenses slowed down a little bit and they haven't played great defense. Now two of their goalies are injured. So it's obviously going to be a little bit of tough sledding right now for uh, the Detroit Red Wings. No question. So I would look over six and a half. And then of course, for the jets, uh, the main props, you got to keep going with Gabe Velarde, uh, to say right now that he has the red hot stick at the moment would be an understatement. He has just found it. It took him a few games getting back from that injury, but, it is definitely come back for him big time. Just the timing, uh, the finishing ability. Uh, he's got that shot going again. He's going to the areas you need to score goals. He's, the goal he scored against Montreal the other night was right there at the crease area, tapping home a rebound. Uh, he's been on fire, five goals in the last five games, uh, and also uh, eight points for Velarde uh, in the last five games as well. So, uh, yeah, he is just a automatic for props at the moment for the Winnipeg Jets. Perfetti scored the other night. I always am interested uh, as far as props involving him uh, at the uh, moment. No question about that. You know, you do have an angle here too in this game where you've got uh, Vlad Domestic. Uh, Nito Niederreiter actually has very good numbers in his past against Detroit because he's played them a lot. Uh, so we'll see if that continues. And Domestikov is a guy that actually played a couple of seasons with Detroit. So if you buy into that angle, and he does have a goal and three points in the last two games for the Winnipeg Jets. So a little Vlad Nemesnikov's not the worst thing in the world here, maybe to consider uh, props involving uh, him uh, moving forward. Uh, and uh, no doubt. So it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this one uh, plays out. But uh, definitely uh, interested in uh, seeing some goals here as I do lean over the total here with the uh, Detroit Red Wings and the uh, Winnipeg Jets. All right, our final game of this Wednesday card, uh, Seattle Kraken, Los Angeles Kings. We've got L.A. minus 170. Home favorites, uh, the total in this game currently at um, six uh, across the board in this one. Uh, tough loss for Seattle. They come back. They uh, tie up the Dallas Stars the other night, force overtime only to see Dallas uh, get the uh, game-winning goal in OT and give the uh, Kraken a tough loss, a hard-fought loss that was uh, for the uh, Kraken uh, in that game. We'll see if they're uh, able to rebound here tonight uh, in this game against the uh, LA Kings. Uh, L.A., two straight wins, back-to-back -back it is for them uh, after being in San Jose uh, last night, beating the uh, Sharks 4-1. to one. Uh, We'll see how this one goes. I'm tempted. This is the other game on the card where I do am tempted a little bit by the draw uh, in this one. We have seen, you know, Seattle go back to uh, go, go to overtime or a shootout, go past regulation uh, in the last two games against L.A. And uh, one of the games was against L.A. in Seattle over the weekend. The game went into a shootout. Now, they got badly outshot Seattle. Uh, it was Joey Decord's the reason that got to a shootout. Kings dominated, but it still got past regulation. Of course, we saw Seattle go to overtime against Dallas in their last game. I was on the draw in that one. And you look at L.A., they have gone to overtime or a shootout, the Kings, in three of their last seven games entering tonight. And then you look back further at series history between these two teams, and we've seen three of the last four head-to-head matchups with Seattle against LA go past regulation to either overtime or a shootout. So uh, this is definitely one where there's enough evidence here where the draw makes sense. Um, Seattle's been, Seattle's been better lately. If you look at it, they had that brutal losing streak and they've gone two and two since then beating Florida, beating Chicago, and then every opportunity to beat LA and Dallas. Like they nearly beat LA on the weekend at home, lost in a shootout and then lost in overtime at Dallas last night. Very competitive right in the game. So you're seeing the Kraken start to play better hockey. A little bit of a rest advantage here. L.A. already beat this team in Seattle the other night. So I could see this being a spot where uh, this game's a little bit closer, a little tougher for L.A. than you would think. Now, I did say that about San Jose last night, but a big premise of that was David Riddick and that. I wouldn't have been even close to looking at anything draw-related with Kings and Sharks last night if it wasn't David Riddick and that. If it was Talbot, I would have left it alone. But it will be Talbot tonight, you would think, on the back-to-back. -back. Uh, Joey Decord expected, uh, although not confirmed in net for the uh, Kraken in this game. It is concerning that, you know, they have a couple of key uh, pieces on the uh, 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 that might be missing. Pierre-Edouard Belmar, great fourth-line center, 
you know, very, very uh, workmanlike player, uh, lower body injury. He's on IR. Jared McCann, uh, he was injured uh, against uh, Dallas on uh, Monday night. We'll see if he's able to return. He's a game-time decision with the lower body injury tonight. So definitely keep an eye on those a couple of uh, situations. But, yeah, for me, it would be just a small bet on the draw. Nothing other than that. Uh, any of the total, I think, six. It's, I mean, to me, you can make a case for either. But, you know, you look at the uh, head-to-head here. Uh, wow, we've seen two straight unders with these two teams in Seattle. Uh, but I still remember that game in L.A. last year. It was the last time they played at uh, Crypto Arena, 9-8 in overtime for Seattle. I'll never forget that game. We were on doing a live betcast that night, Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. Um, they bet that game under. Uh, it got all the way down to five and a half, the total, right before the game started, and it was 3-3 after the first period. So all that under money, uh, and it ended up you know, being uh, wrong in that game. So uh, keep an eye on that. Um, so I, I have no real strong opinion, uh, bottom line, on the uh, total here in this game. And then as far as props go, uh, Ellie Tolvanen up to the second line with Gordon Bjorkstrand. Uh, and he scored the tying goal, and he's got three in the last four. I like Ellie Tolvanen. I think there's value there. Talked about Bjorkstrand, uh, how he's been better lately. Five points, two goals in the last three games. Uh, yeah, Rich says it in the chat with Thomas Tatar up to the top line. And we saw him get a goal and an assist, two points against Dallas, playing with Beneers and Eberly. So it's actually not a bad uh, value-laden prop night here for Seattle. There's some good opportunities here, uh, mostly uh, Tolvanen. Uh, as well as um, Bjorkstrand and uh, Tatar. I think any of those options make sense to me. And then for the uh, LA Kings, um, you know, it's basically for me, I'm always interested in Byfield with uh, Kopitar and Kempe playing on the uh, top line. Uh, he continues to play very well for the uh, LA Kings there uh, in that role. Um, you know, Laferriere and Kaliev on the uh, third line. You know, even we've seen Grunstrom you know, step things up a little bit offensively at times. Not so much lately, but we know he's been capable. LaFerriere is someone to keep an eye on. He scored two goals in the last three games for the LA Kings. That one's not a bad little uh, value-laden option as far as um, props on the uh, LA Kings side of the equation. Trevor Moore is heating up again. Went through a little bit of a slump because everyone's going to go through a, a time when the puck just isn't going in nearly as much. I know it was a red-hot start to the year for Moore. Went through a funk, started to heat up again, and then went through another recent little slump the last three games to begin December, and now heating up maybe again. He scored now in back-to-back -back games against San Jose and Seattle. So uh, Trevor Moore starting to get it rolling again. So a couple good options here. Not a bad op uh, not a bad couple of uh options here really on either side Kraken and the kings as far as player props for the game tonight all right great stuff that is the wednesday card shout out to everyone in the chat we appreciate it very much hit the like button uh, on the way out we appreciate it very much i mentioned it earlier so i'll just be brief mentioning it again patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars a month get on board now because starting january 1st all the premium content will be there and we'll be doing more stuff with bonus videos and shows uh as well as impromptu bonus live betcasts our goalie charts totals charts power ratings the daily betting card the player props every day and more can be found there patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars a month and make sure also you check out the ice guys store get yourself some gear and merch at iceguys.myspreadshop.com all right bargain bin special of the night uh for this uh wednesday night uh, nhl slate um you know it's an interesting slate um you know only three games you know not as much you know variety to choose from uh, here tonight when you're looking at it but i'll tell you what he's feeling it right now He's, he's coming through, and I'm going to go with it. And the price is excellent, too, uh, with this guy. We're going to go to the Islanders-Capitals game. Saw him score shorty last night. Three goals in the last four games. Uh, he's been noticeable. And even though, and even at five-on-five, five, he's really uh, stepped his game up. We're going to go with Simon Holmstrom here for the New York Islanders. Uh, plus 450 uh, at Bet99. Plus 450 at a few books. You can even, still get plus 430. At FanDuel plus four twenty-five uh, at DraftKings, uh, that's an excellent price for someone that is scoring right now the way Simon Holmstrom is for the New York Islanders. So let's roll with that. Simon Holmstrom for the New York Islanders plus four twenty-five at FanDuel, but plus four fifty 
uh, is out there at Bet99 and a couple other books as well. So we'll go with that. Simon Olmstrom, New York Islanders for my bargain bin special uh, of the night. Um, best bet uh, for th- this uh, card. Um, I'm going to go with that over with the Islanders and the Caps. Over five and a half, minus 125. I really, really like that draw. I almost made the draw best bet, but um, I- I'm going to go with that over at five and a half. I think it gets there. Uh, I'm not convinced that a 3-1 game against Edmonton where, if not for the heroics of Sorokin, that game could have easily gotten a 3-2, if not 3-3, and the over would have hit last night. Uh, There's still a a defense that has given up quality looks. You're going to have Varlamov tonight instead of Sorokin. And quite honestly, you've got the goalie that's played worse for Washington this year uh, in net as well. Charlie Lindgren's outplayed Kemper, but you're getting Darcy Kemper here tonight. Uh, in this game. So uh, Islanders Capitals will take advantage of the low total uh, over five and a half minus 125 Islanders Capitals for my uh, best bet. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. We've got three shows left before the Christmas break. Uh, Tomorrow with our special guest, Matt Robinson. Friday, Beantown Friday with Jimmy Murphy and Alex will be back on Friday. And then, of course, on Saturday, noon Eastern, our final show before the Christmas break, me, Alex, and Zach Urban will be back with us again uh, on Saturday as well. So three days left, three ga- three shows left before the Christmas break. And then we're back, of course, on Wednesday, December 27th, following the Christmas break. That's the wrap. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys. (laughs) 